Hello, and welcome to the Community Vault, where we discuss unlocking financial equity and justice with Community Works. I'm Anapara. I am the program director at the Community Works Women's Business Center, and today I'm joined by three amazing women. First off, we have Sarah Carter, who is the Community Works Women's Business Center program coordinator, and two fabulous female entrepreneurs. We have Ebony Sullivan, who also serves on our Women's Business Center Advisory Committee and who is, among many things, the COO of Cassie Electric in Greenville. We also have Tamika Thomason. She is an individual broker and the owner of the agency Upstate, a Thomason property group. Thank you all so much for being here today and for being willing to take a minute and a moment to share your um, advice with women business entrepreneurs uh, and with our community. Hello and welcome to the Community Ball. Tamika, I feel like we should start with you because I don't feel like that is enough to give us a picture of everything that you are. Um, so I'd love for you to share a little bit more of, of what you do um, and how you got where you are because that title is definitely not all encompassing of the magnet that you are. Thank you so much for saying that. Um, my name is Tamika Thomason and I am uh, a real estate broker and I have been in business for nine years coming this October. And as far as what all I do, um, no, that isn't all I do. <laughs> um, my heart and passion, first of all, is for affordable housing. And just to kind of explain why and how I got in that position is when I first purchased my house, I was 22 years old and I ended up in a predatory loan. And with that being said, what happened with my situation was it was an adjustable mortgage. And it's, my payments were like eight sixty eight. I was making $12.30 an hour. And I was like, hey, they approved me. I'm going to take it. I didn't care. And so my American dream actually turned into an American nightmare. Because once um, that year three hit, that's when my rate adjusted. And my mortgage went from eight sixty eight to over $1,400. And then after that, the next month, it was like 15 and then 16. And at the time, it's like I'm a single parent and I'm trying to make it work. And so me and my daughter, we only can eat one little Caesar's pizza for the whole week. That's it. And on top of that, I had gotten every credit card imaginable because I was introduced to a new life. You know, when you buy a house, you're getting credit card offers from everywhere. And I took every one of them. So my life was just a wreck. And I said, God, if you get me out of this. I will make sure nobody has to go through this again. And that's what happened. You know, so I'm sitting there. That's going on. I'm about to lose my house, and I'm just trying to make it work. And then on top of that, I got pregnant, had another daughter, and had a massive stroke. Oh. Forgot how to read. Forgot how to write. Forgot how to walk. I'm going through all of this, right? And God says, I want you to get into real estate. I'm like, I don't even know how to read. I forgot how to read. I'm in physical therapy. I'm in speech therapy. Like, what? What do I do? So I said, okay, if this is something you want me to do, I want you to take this mortgage away from me because I can't work on commission with two children, single parent with, with a mortgage. Within 48 hours, my father called me and said, if you sell your house, whatever you make off the house, um, give it to me and you can have our house, our family house for free. 
So I was like, okay, God, I hear you. So I was like, well, since he's handing out blessings, right. I said, well, Dad, will you pay for me to go to real estate school? Because I didn't tell you I got fired from my job when I became disabled. So all of this is going on at the same time. And my dad's like, yeah, I'll pay for it. I'm like, what? Okay, God, you just handing out blessings here. So I went ahead and went to real estate school. Mind you, could not read. Still trying to figure this out. Passed the exam the first time. So I knew this is what I was supposed to do. And just having the community connections, all of that happened just organically. You know, and ever since then, it's like all these first-time home buyers, all these low-income people, they're just finding me. And so it's like I'm walking in that purpose. So that's how I got to, to where I am today. So you're a realtor with a purpose. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Go, girl. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for having a purpose, yes. Ebony. Um, we know you are not just a, the COO of Cassie Electric. We know that every day you focus on more than just um, your business, and we so appreciate all that you've done for the community, but we'd love to hear a little bit about what you do do with Cassie Electric as COO and how you got to where you are now. Well, good morning, and thank you for having me. Um, I'm Ebony Sullivan, and as Anna said, I'm the Chief Operating Officer for Cassie Electric. We are a full-service electrical contracting company here in the upstate. My mother founded this company over 20-plus, 30 years ago. Gosh, she's been in electrical business all of my life. She's been an electrician, at least. And, um, and my path was stumbled upon. Um, I failed forward and so <laughs> I made a lot of mistakes along the way trying to get here and never once was this something that I envisioned myself doing being here working in my family business. Um, I have done all things from being an administrative assistant, working for the government. I was a realtor. I worked with Prudential CD and Joiner for a while and then the market crashed. I worked in manufacturing. I have done a plethora of things and never thought that any of those opportunities would lead me into my last employer, which was the Chamber of Commerce, where I would be there supporting small businesses. And so while I was there, I had failed in my own personal experiences of owning a business. We owned the Hot Dog King downtown Greenville, my family did. Um, and we had to close the doors, just couldn't really afford to be there and didn't really know that we couldn't afford to be there in the very beginning. But along the way, um, I was depressed and stumbled into this job at the chamber for part-time work. And while I was there, I just grew within the company. And we made a decision when my mom was ready to retire that I would take those talents and treasures that I had learned along the way um, to bring it to our family business to help my mom scale and grow the business for retirement. Um, and so now I focus on all those mistakes that I made along the way and not making those mistakes again. Um, it, was, it was fearful at first to take on this role as the chief operating officer because you don't want to fail. Um, and I was afraid that I would just like mess it all up because my track record didn't feel like it was really all that great, you know. And so I had a lot of insecurities about walking into the role, but then I also felt empowered by the fact that, you know what, I had a really good group of people that I have connected with along my journey. This stumble along the way, I made some good friends and 
some high places and I felt like this was the opportunity to come in and just take the risks. So now I focus on the day-to-day -day operations of our business, making sure we're financially, fiscally sound, um, helping us to scale in it and grow, getting new opportunities and new business for us, um, and diversifying our portfolio so that we're in all different sectors of the market, um, and helping my mama take a vacation on the Bahamas while she's deciding her way out into retirement. Mm -hmm. <laughs> love it. I love hearing about how experience is not, your experiences has not all been, oh, success story, success story, success story. I mean, I think it's so important when we're talking about our experiences to include the challenges. I feel like you with, <laughs> with the stroke and with just relearning and really being honest and about what got us to where we are. And, and Ebony, with your the failures, I mean, they're part of everyone's story, but often we don't shine the light on the failures mm -hmm. when that is what makes us who we are and what creates that knowledge, what creates um, that ability to move into positions and, and really make changes and uh, impact people's lives. So I appreciate you all sharing that part of your story as well as, of course, the positives and successes that you are. And obviously, we have you here today because you are success stories. Mm -hmm. Um, and we have, are seeing that nationally. Uh, we know that the number of women-owned businesses has increased 31 times over the last 20 years because we know women are, they set out to do something and they do it. Uh, business owned by women of color has increased over 163%. Let me say that again, 163% since 2007. And South Carolina ranks fourth in the growing number of women-owned firms. So that would be like you all, for both of your businesses are, is, are included in that number. Um, so with that said, we know these numbers look great. And again, we know the pains and that go into creating these businesses. Um, and understanding that, why did you decide to be your own boss and work for yourself? Why did you decide to join your mom and, and be a part of a company, Ebony? Uh, I would love to hear that. Why did you decide? I know that there was some guidance, Tamika, when you um, and it, from divine guidance, <laughs> um, but also wh why did you listen to that? And I think that a lot of times there's that reason, but you actually took the initiative to listen. So we, I'd love to hear why you both took that initiative, um, Tamika, for starting with you. Um, the reason that I decided to um, be my own boss and work for myself is because I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. Um, having to, if I needed a day off, if one of my children were sick or if I couldn't find a babysitter. And there was times I remember I was driving down the road and I'm just crying in tears because I couldn't find anybody to watch my daughter. And so all of that led me to be like, why am I doing this? for somebody else when I can work for myself. Not knowing that working for myself, I'm gonna work a lot harder than I ever did working for anybody else, but I'm making my own rules, you know? Absolutely. That's why I was like, if I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do it and I'm gonna make my own rules. And this is something, real estate is something I wanted to do since I was 12 years old. I was just afraid to step into that, you know? Because I knew I would have to work. I didn't know how hard I was gonna to have to work, but I knew I was gonna to have to work. So I, I guess that was my driving factor, just making my own, my own decisions, my own rules, and setting my own, my own pace, you know. I didn't want to have to ask permission from anybody anymore. I didn't want to have to ask permission to be successful. I didn't want to have to have permission to drive my own ship. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, just being tired. 
I have to ask too, do you think that is also the reason we see that just in women in general growing and like we are finally saying we don't have to ask for exactly. permission. And I think as women, um, we've we've been we've been told so so long what we can do and what we cannot do and there's been limitations put on us and you only can be boxed in for so long. And as women you know, I think that a lot of us, we're breaking that box. We're the most educated. We're only the most home. Single women, yes. minority women, yes. you know, are moving in the neighborhoods that they never wanted us in. Yes. You know, they never wanted us to read. And look at us, the most educated yes. group of people. Yes. So when you have education and knowledge, you're not going to stay in that box. Yes. You know, when you look at the numbers, these numbers are matching our education. Yes. So you can't keep us boxed in. So that's why we're breaking through. You know, yes. knowledge is power. Yes, it is. Yes, I love it. When you know better, you do better. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, I think for me, really, it was um, in my blood. Um, I come from a long line of entrepreneurs. I mean, um, all of my family pretty much are tradesmen or tradeswomen. And my mom is a trailblazer in her space in her own right. I mean, when she started doing electrical, she was the only, not only the only woman, but the only African-American woman. And the guys would be like, go get the coffee, you know? <laughs> and she would be like, looking over their shoulder, like, nah, you're gonna teach me how to do this, yes. right? And, yes. and because she always had that spirit, I think it just transferred into who I was. And so I always viewed every job, everything that I was doing in my life, from the lens of the boss, right? Yes. Like, I'm gonna own this job. Yes. So even when, you know, I'm a, I was a single mom, um, raising four children, I've been divorced, honey, foreclosed on, car repossessed, I've been through all of those things, and in that, I had to take control of things in my life, right? And so I had to plan, and I had to take ownership in everything because it was important to us, right? Like for survival, yes. I needed to be like good at this. Yes. I needed to make sure yeah. that I came to work, I was the first one there, because I wanted to set the coffee pot yes. and get the bomb going, right? Like, um, and I can even remember taking a job right after we closed the Hot Dog King, and I was working for an accounting firm, and she hired me to answer the phone and the door, and it was a new firm, and it was like six people there. The phone never rang. Nobody ever came to the door. I literally let the, read the Bible from cover to cover, and all series of Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, like, <laughs> like that right? And so I can remember, like, one day saying, okay, I'm done reading, enough is enough, and I, like, opened up her cabinet, and I was like, can I please please organize this space, yeah. right? And from there, it was just like, I started taking ownership in it, right? Like, this is my thing. And I killed it, right? And then it just became one thing after another. And so I think in my DNA, I always had that entrepreneurial spirit. But, you know, I need folks to understand, it don't always show up as you being out there having your own thing. Yes. It sometimes starts with you taking ownership mm -hmm. in the thing that you're a part of right in that moment in time and space in your life because all of those skills is what got me to where I am today. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I love I love that because I think that we have a certain, there's a certain, when people think of an entrepreneur mm -hmm. um, because of, sort of what we've been told an entrepreneur is. We like a lot of times the first thing that comes to mind is a white male who works in tech or yeah. something like that. When being an entrepreneur is so much more expansive than that and includes so many 
uh, roles and not and so many people and obviously the numbers are telling us what it's growing with women of color and um, how women of color are making creating their own narratives taking that ownership like you said Ebony I mean I think that ownership piece is huge um, and you you all have already shared with us how you face adversity um, but I'd love to hear how you feel you have faced it specifically as a woman specifically as black women in and how you have found kind of a way through and forward despite that adversity. So Ebony, I don't know if you have something yeah. to share. Yeah, I mean, I'm in a male-dominated dominated industry, white male specifically, dominated industry, and they don't see very many, not only people of color, but women especially. Um, recently, as a matter of fact, I was in the boardroom having a, a negotiation of how we were going to engage as a business of color um, because this contractor needed some diversity on the team, right? So he wants to put us on the bench, and in order to do that, we need to be a subcontractor to another prime contractor, right? And this prime contractor is a white male, and he's been doing this a really long time. And so when we walked in the room, um, he, he began to tell me what he's gonna do for me, yes. right? Like, <laughs> let me tell you what we're gonna do for you. Yes. Oh, and here's how you can play ball with us. Yes. And I just smiled and said, thank you for sharing. But no, thank you, right? You know, we, we experience it daily, and especially in areas where we're not supposed to be, right? Yes. Um, where they want to tell us how they're going to help us, what they're going to do for us, and how great it's going to be, right? So they've already pre-decided our destiny. Yes. And I'm saying no more of that, right? Like, I already know what I want, and who knows my business better than I do. Right, so you can't tell me what you're gonna do for me when you don't even know who I am or what I need. So we experience it all the time in construction where they're just like, well, she's here, check that box, yes. and this is what we wanna give you, but I, I say no more. I say now's the time for us to really say, like, I am my own boss, and this is what I want, and this is what we're gonna do, and be, very courageous and walk away if they don't want to because all money is not good money and business with everybody is not good business right so make your own decisions and create your own destiny because it's a podcast everyone cannot see our head nodding. yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> our, 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 our heart heart yes. exactly yes. there's a lot exactly there's a lot of amen going on here so um I, again i think that taking control of that own narrative is so big. I'd love to hear how you have feel like you've been able to take control of that narrative despite the adversity that you've faced and a little bit about that adversity. Um, Ebony, you made some great points, first of all, I'll say. I'm yes. over here like, want to clap. Yes. <laughs> um, for me, a lot of it was in my head, you know. Um, when I first got into the business, I, I was kind of a poser because I didn't feel comfortable and I didn't feel worthy to even have the space. Um, I knew I belonged there, but I didn't feel worthy. And I felt like I had to have a mask on and I had to, you know, speak proper. And I was so scared, you know, because for me, um, I had a, a multicultural clientele and I still do. And I would put on one face for one person, one face for another person, you know, because I didn't think they would accept Tamika. 
And then, um, and I noticed at that time I was so stressed, just like in corporate America. I'm stressed, I'm going home, I'm drained, because that wasn't me. And then one day I made the decision and I was like, I'm going to be me. And either they say accept it or they don't. And my business blew up. Yes. Because people can tell when you're authentic. Yes. And do I still face challenges where I'm being challenged? And normally, and I hate to say it, it's by white men mm -hmm. where I am being challenged. You know, um, they want you to prove that you deserve that seat. You know, I've been cussed out. I've had other agents call and cuss me out. Um, I was just cussed out last year by a broker, a broker owner of a company, just called, yelled at me, cussed me out. And at that moment, I felt so small. And so I had to, I, I mean, I really had to recollect myself. And I was like, who do you think you're talking to? That part. Do you not know I have this and this and yes. this and this? And I had to start speaking those credentials yes. to him to let him know I'm just as qualified as you and I can open up the same business as you. You know, so I guess me making sure that I know that I deserve that seat, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. that's my challenge. And I have to remind myself of that constantly. As Mary says, good morning, gorgeous. Good morning, yes. gorgeous. Exactly. Remind, Remind myself daily. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even when no one believes you, you believe it. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Very good. I'm so inspired just listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I need to put that on my uh, post-it note. Yes. Or even just place a Mary in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. And I think that brings us to that. You know how you do. I mean, playing some some Mary J. Blige, playing some
So, <laughs> so that's how for me. Yeah, your business is your baby, y'all. Yeah, your business yeah. is your baby. And actually, me and uh, my assistant, we were talking about that, how it was so hard for me to give up control. And like you could stare, I was like, you're going to have to hire somebody. And um, like she said, you can't let everybody touch your baby. And, that's what, and I was like, yeah, I'm handing my baby over to somebody, and I'm trusting them to take care of that baby and not run away with my baby and, and all of that. So um, just giving up control. As a woman, that's one of the hardest things because we control everything and we help everybody and we want to take everything in. So, yeah. But I go back to saying coaching. Coaching did it for me. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I would say... Um, I didn't have the same problem <laughs> as letting go was not ever an issue for me. I mean, I, like I said, I'm a single mom of four, you know, and so <laughs> we all was in this together, right? So it was always for me delegation, right? Like, okay, you're mopping the floor, you're sweeping, right? Like we were working in concert with one another, but the motivation for me really comes from just seeing the results. So I'm very result driven. Um, and that's why like, I like to brainstorm and I like being creative and all of that, but show me something, right? Like I want to see at the end of the day, like what did we get from this hard work? I'm willing to put it in, but I want to see something. So I stay motivated a lot by the results. Yes. I also stay very motivated because I'm just, just genuinely a positive person. So I'm going to always, for my own good, see the positive result come out of this, even if the result isn't a good one, right? Like, well, maybe the Lord just didn't want us to do that, right? Like, my son decides to put his clothes in the dryer when we're walking out the door to go to school. And I'm like, okay, so we're late, but maybe we're just dodging an accident on the highway. <laughs> this is where we're supposed to be. And I have those conversations mentally a lot with myself, lots of affirmations meditating, making sure that I'm like saying those positive affirmations like, girl, you did that. Look at you. Okay, you're killing it right now because it's lonely, right? Like it's lonely here being the owner, the boss, the person because you don't get a lot of authentic people around you. People are going to do what you ask them to do because you hired them yes. to do that, right? <laughs> so having a squad of people that is really going to be true to you is limiting, right? And I work with my family, y'all, like my <laughs> husband, my mama, right? Mm -hmm. Like every day. And so I can't always lean on them for that support because they're struggling too, right? And so um, I have to really lean into a lot of things like podcasts. I love me some Oprah Winfrey Super Soul Sunday, right? Yes. When, my, when I'm feeling depleted, I go to it, right? I, I'm a very spiritual person, so I find things that are going to motivate me. Steve Harvey, you know, I read a lot, right? Like I'm looking for self-help constantly because I know that I'm a work in progress. And some days my cup is empty, but I also remember there's a lot of people counting on me, right? So I need to be like yeah. jacking them up most <laughs> of the time. <laughs> so I gotta pour into my cup and make sure it's full so that I can give them my overflow. That's what keeps me motivated. I love every piece of me that. Me too. And I appreciate you giving us the segue into yes. the next part. <laughs> um, because you did speak about how Sarah um, has helped you as our as our program coordinator mm -hmm. and just as a coach and how um, just
just having that support is such a big part having that team whatever that team looks like whether that team is a team you delegate things to whether that team and give the control a little bit of control over <laughs> certain things um whether that team is you know that team that says and you're a part of that team that is able to remind you to tell you that you've got this that you can move forward so um, we like to believe here at the Women's Business Center that we are a part of that support system for many um, women business owners. And Sarah, I'd love if you could share with us a little bit about how um, here at the Community Arts Women's Business Center we help women entrepreneurs uh, with that community and with those with that as, as their support system. Absolutely, I would love to share that. Um, I, we're definitely part of a national network, the Women's Business Center. You should be able to find one across the nation. It's, um, as we speak, I believe the last time we counted, it was 340 Women's Business Center, two included in Puerto Rico, and three here in lovely South Carolina. We are so fortunate to have three Women's Business Center in the state of South Carolina. And yes, the Women's Business Center here at Community Works we serve women across South Carolina through the Community Works Women's Business Center. The Women's Business Center empowers through advocacy, outreach, education, and support. Support, support, support. Uh, we love to meet our entrepreneurs where they are. This is a no judgment zone. We listen. Uh, we want to help our entrepreneurs start, grow, or expand their businesses. And so I'm so proud and so honored to be a part of this team here at Community Works Women's Business Center because it's like a dream job, y'all. I get to do this every day with our entrepreneurs. I get to pour into their cup. You know, I get to grow with them, learn with them. Uh, we get to offer trainings, coaching. We get to offer financial resources. Um, so uh, I think uh, Tamika mentioned having that support, you absolutely cannot do it by yourself. I'm a true believer and I always share this with the entrepreneurs I work with. You might be in business for yourself, but you don't have to do it by yourself. Amen. You have support. You have a team. We are your team. We want to help you thrive. We want to help you sustain your business. We want to help you build and create that legacy that you are working so hard to achieve. We're that team. We we I, I feel like we're like the dream team, y'all. And whatever we don't have, you know, we have community resource partners to come on board and help us out. Um, we have connections. Uh, Ebony, you mentioned just you know you you get to meet some amazing people um, nationally, locally, right here in our own backyard. And sometimes um, that person is you. So um, I just feel like the Women's Business Center is here as a resource hub. Um, so those of you who are listening to this podcast today, please get in touch with us. Most of the resources we offer is free. That's capital F-R-E-E, -E. <laughs> no cost to you. Um, you can get in touch with us on our website at communityworkscarolina.org. Schedule your free consultation with us. Um, we have a myriad of, of products available. Please poke around the website and, and get to know us. Let's be friends. Um, if you're an entrepreneur listening to this today, I hope that you have been inspired, encouraged, and uplifted, um, and uh, looking forward to hearing your story as well. Thank you, Sarah. That's a great summary of how we try to help women entrepreneurs here at the Women's Business Center. We really are looking to um, provide those tools that we feel that other folks have had to build and start and expand their businesses, but really connect people uh, with the right um, tools, whether that is coaching that Sarah, um, that Tamika 
mentioned that Sarah and her have worked together on, uh, whether that is through um, business plan or business education help, that we do that with that one-on-one, -on -one, but we also provide those trainings and workshops. And we're always looking, looking at developing more resources because we understand that that is a huge part of that safety net, that having that net of support that people need when um, at every phase of their business. So don't, like Sarah said, we are in no judgment zone. So wherever you may be, if you're a couple of years in or more than a few years into your business and realize you still need um, some direction, uh, the Women's Business Center is available and here for you and we are going to root uh, for you every step of the way. So I uh, I know, Tamika, you shared a little bit about how Sarah and you have worked together. Ebony, you're a little, you have been on the other end. Ebony has actually facilitated um, some of the, the workshops that we do offer, um, including a, a recent Doing Business with Intention workshop where we are starting the building blocks for uh, folks finance, for their finances, um, their business finances. So I'd love to hear a little bit about that experience and, and how you felt um, that benefited the folks you worked with because there were, I'm, I'm throwing this out of nowhere, <laughs> nowhere but it's a surprise question of any, so, um, but I'd love to hear how you feel like some of the participants and Women's Business Center clients involved with that really benefited from that workshop. Oh man, that workshop was so fun. I had the best time. Um, for me, I think that I really enjoy teaching people the things that I've learned. Like that, like for me, that gives me so much grati gratification um, to see the light bulb go on, or for somebody to connect the pieces together where they walked in the door and it was very disjointed, and then for them to see like, oh, so that's how that works. Um, just simplifying the everyday jargon of business that we take for granted, that we understand, and breaking that down into something that somebody who's not in that wor world could really connect with, it, it just makes me happy on the inside. And so working with that group, um, helping them to really see the vision that they wanted for their business, and then giving them applicable steps that they could walk out of there with and really write papers. Write this down. You have homework. Bring it back. <laughs> I mean, like those things for me was like not that I benefited at all from it personally, but like I did yeah. just to see them grow, right? Because I feel like this is what the mission of the Women's Center is about. This is what Community Works is about. Just helping people take them from where they are, because uh, we're meeting them there, yes. and advance them to the next level. And so I'm really optimistic about the future of these micro-businesses and these entrepreneurs, just because when you know better, you, you do, do better, better. <laughs> right? And we, just, and we just really want to give them the tools and the resources they need to help them to know better because they don't and that's I think was the big aha for me right was like all of the assumptions that we just take for granted about some of the most simplistic things like vocabulary words yes people don't know yes. right and like we walk in the door assuming that because they're a business owner they should know these things right like they they should know what accounting means and really they don't right yes. they don't understand that it's really collecting information right like so let's simplify these things 
and meet people where they are. And, and it was just very rewarding for me personally to see them grow. Yeah, it was rewarding for me to see you teach. You are a natural teacher. Aww. And I know that you're teaching from experience, from life, from the real situations that you've experienced and you've grown through. Um, and I just want to thank you for doing that and for sharing that with us. And I, I cannot wait to see the next level of both of your businesses and the development and growth that you're going to, that you still have to do. Um, and I just want to congratulate you for sticking with entrepreneurship is not easy. It is not for the faint hearted. It is not. And I just want to thank you for, for sticking to it and for giving back. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. I feel like so much has been shared. You, you all have blessed us with so much of your experience and with so much of what you've learned. Um, and that, I think, even listening to this podcast <laughs> is going to be helpful for folks, um, you all going through what you've been through. But I feel like there's more that, that we can hear. Um, so I'd love to hear if you have additional advice for women entrepreneurs, Tamika, what if you could give, so I'm gonna make it a little hard, <laughs> if you could give um, one to two pieces of advice to really, that you feel like you wish you had known when you were getting started, um, what would you share with someone who is also getting started? Um, first of all, I would say just do it. You know, that's the hardest part, is um, stepping out on faith and actually just doing it. And make sure you're telling the right people. Yes. Because sometimes when people, when women want to get in business, you're telling if people they can't do anything for you but speak negativity. Yes. And so find out the resources that are out there and talk to those people. Like, I didn't even know the Women's Business Center was here. Yes. And as soon as I found out, you know, I was able to start running my business like a business. I've been in business almost nine years and I was just doing something. Yes. So now it's like, I see myself as a business business owner and I'm able to run it as a business owner. Yes. So for me, I would say the first thing is don't give up, just do it. Take that step of faith and uh, have the right team. So those are my two things. Start with the team first so that you don't make those mistakes, you know, and you can protect yourself legally, financially by having that, that team from the beginning. So those are, that's my that's great, great tips. Yeah, yeah I, I spoke with a young lady recently who has started her own business, and she has an informal team of advisors. And, you know, I think that that's so smart yes. mm -hmm. to have that advisory committee. Um, and it might not be, it might be just a, people you trust, people who are that positive reinforcement. Mm -hmm. It might be, you know, people with the expertise right. that you're looking for uh, that can offer expertise with legal pieces or with um, the financial piece, whatever that may be, um, but you're really creating, again, that support, but also understanding that sometimes you, you, you do need to bounce some ideas off of someone. You do need, you don't, you're not going to know everything. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, that's so right. That's, mm -hmm. that's the great. Right people. The right people. The right people. Yeah, if you're the smartest friend you have, you need a good friend. Right. <laughs> you need to rethink something. Exactly. Right? Like, I always tell people that 
if you look around the room and you're the smartest friend that you have, then who can you bounce these ideas exactly. with? Because they just, yeah, that sounds great. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, whatever you say, going that way. Yeah. Uh, I, I did not include the, <laughs> make sure that they are, they're going to tell it to you how it is. Make sure they're going to be honest with you. Yes. Keep it real. You don't yeah. just yeah. need the yes, positive reinforcement. Yes, I would, my, my advice would be um, punch fear in the face, right? Yes. Like, don't be afraid to fail because fail is a part of the process. If everything is a win, then you're, something's not right, you know, because failing is a part of it. And so don't be afraid of that. Like, just punch fear in the face. Just say, move out of the way. If this is what it is, then it's going to be what it is, right? And just accepting that. And I know that's hard, um, but it is something that I would say that if you can overcome, then you can do anything you want to do because that fear is paralyzing and it will make you a procrastinator. It will do all the things that you hate that you put on your your beginning of the year list of resolutions. Yes. Like, I'm not going to procrastinate. <laughs> I'm not going to do this. Yeah, just punch me in the face would be that. I would also advise, like, have a plan, man. Don't just philander around here and thinking because you've had some version of success that you've even reached the pinnacle of what that is. Mm -hmm. If you have a plan, that plan can always be modified. Mm -hmm. It can be adjusted. You're not firefighting every day. Every day is a journey that you're traveling on with this roadmap, right? And when you've got your GPS set to go a place and you've hit these roadblocks, it's gonna reroute you because it knows exactly where you're trying to go. That's your plan, create it. The plan is the roadmap. So start there first. Start with the plan and overcome the fear, and then success is just waiting for you on the other side. I love that. Mm -hmm. Fail forward yes. and have a plan. Have a plan. Yes. Sarah, do you have any any tips of advice as you work with clients and see what their you know the spectrum of women entrepreneurs that are out there and the different challenges that they face? Do you do you encounter? Um, Yeah, that's a great question, Anna. Thank you. I think one of the biggest things that I have seen since I've been here almost two years now with the entrepreneurs I'm serving is turn the lights on. Don't do business in the dark. Look at your numbers. As Ebony just said, have that plan and review it regularly, uh, adjust it regularly. Um, but w I think one of the biggest things is that, hey, I'm in business. I registered my business. I'm an LLC. I have my bank account. Um, so I see a lot of commingling of finances, and I also see a lot of, I'm not even looking at my finances. And that's huge. Because how do you know that you're doing well? How do you know that you're heading in the right direction? How do you readjust the course if you're not heading in the right direction? Um, I think just turn the lights on and let's not do business in the cave. This is, you know, the 20, 21st century. Uh, let's, let's face it. Let's look at it. Uh, I love what Ebony said already. Um, let's have a game plan for 2022 and beyond. Um, and have that team, that right team, the right people at the right time, at the right places to help you because we don't know everything. We don't have to know it all, um, but we do know that we need to, if we're in business, we're, we're in business to make money and to be successful. This is not a game. Business is not lollygagging or playing around. 
So you want to make sure that you have the best strategy for yourself. And I think that's one of the biggest things that I see. And I think that's one of the best things that we help our entrepreneurs with is uh, you can, if you don't have a business plan, you can have one. There's no reason why you cannot have a business plan having a woman's business center right here in our own backyard. We have tools, technical assistance, we have the resources and the support. So yeah, just take advantage of the resources. That's awesome, Sarah. Thank you so You're much welcome. for that. Yeah, I think that, so what we've learned is we are going to just do it. Yes. <laughs> We're gonna support, our, uh, support ourselves with the right team. Punch fear in the face. I love that, I'm taking that with me. Oh, we're going to have a plan. We're big fans of plans. Yes, at the yes we are. Center. Plan and results. Yes. <laughs> Goals to get Goals those results. Yes. Result. And we are going to turn the lights on. I love that. Turn the lights on, folks. So I am just very honored to be here today and to have had this conversation with all of you. Thank you, Tamika. Thank you, Ebony. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you, Thank you ladies. Yes. You are the, the future is bright, the future is woman. Yes. Uh, exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so we are um, here at the Women's Business Center um, to share more about how we can help you, like we like Sarah mentioned. So I just want to reiterate that don't do it alone. We're here at the Community Works Women's Business Center. We um, get to see stories and see women like Ebony and Tamika who are taking control of their narratives every day and are inspired by them and want to share that inspiration with you. Um, so thank you for joining us today and yeah, what a great way to celebrate Women's History Month. Thank you, ladies. Thank, thank you. you. Don't forget to celebrate yourself. Yes. <laughs> thank you.